When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to not be you? To be somebody else? To be someone you've always wanted to be but never had the chance to be? Or be you but live another life? Have you ever wanted to just ditch your current life and start over? There are so many ways we can look at this. Technically speaking, many people will tell you it's never too late to make changes to your life. If you're unhappy with your job, you should look for something else that brings you joy or at least less misery. If you don't like your community or surroundings, you could move to another city or country. If you're not happy with your current wife or husband, you can always work on it or get a divorce. If your unhappiness extends beyond these reasons, though, people will most likely to tell you to go for some professional counseling. But there are times where some people look for the most drastic measures out there, and it not only impacts their own life, but also everyone else close to them. The term we're looking at today is called pseudocide, also known as faking one's own death. Why do people do it? The most common reason would be to collect insurance money, or if you're running away from someone or something, maybe an abusive spouse, the police, or a huge amount of debt you cannot pay back. Pretending to die isn't a modern day thing either. So let me give you some interesting examples of people faking their own death from years ago. An English businessman from the 18th century once faked his own death just to see how people would react. Turns out, his wife wasn't all that sad and didn't really cry during his wake. And when he quote-unquote came back to life, he caned her, as in he physically punished her for not being sad enough. Can you imagine if your significant other pulled this kind of crap? In another instance, a British woman from the early 1900s faked her own death in order to get out of her marriage. She ran away to New Zealand and lived there till she died. A name that could be more familiar to you guys would be Aleister Crowley, a British occultist, author, poet, and artist who faked his own death in 1930, but somehow came back to life just a few weeks later, acting like nothing ever happened. A Russian government official faked his death in the 1940s to avoid capture by the Soviet, but he was soon discovered alive and then executed, where he died for real this time. So you see, faking one's own death is not anything new. Also, Juliet faked her own death for a bit, but apparently, Romeo didn't really get the memo. But what do you need to know about faking your own death? On some level, it sounds sort of easy, right? You just disappear and live off the grid or something. If you really want to make it happen, it's doable even if it means living under terrible circumstances, 
But realistically, how easy would it be, especially in the age of technology where everyone tags everybody else on social media and phones are always tracking your whereabouts? There is actually a book about this called Plain Dead, A Journey Through the World of Death Fraud by Elizabeth Greenwood. I have not read the book, but I have found many interviews with the author and articles about the book. The author came across the idea of faking her own death when she was thinking about her student loan debt. I bet many people who have experienced any sort of crushing debt have at one point or another felt so exhausted and defeated. Elizabeth Greenwood took the time to talk to lawyers, investigators, and consultants about this disappearing act. According to a privacy expert, a man who specializes in helping people disappear forever, he states that disappearing is different from faking one's death. I guess I do see a distinction where someone who disappears forever may not necessarily be dead, and the two are not mutually exclusive. People running from something may prefer to fake their death because that could possibly put a stop to whatever it is that's chasing them. It's a lot more work than just disappearing, so unless you feel like you have no choice, maybe faking your own death could be the fastest way to freedom. There are three main things you must consider and follow rigidly if you want to play dead correctly. 1. You have to have a believable incident happen that could cause your death whether it's a freak accident or a suicide. In some cases, you would even need to produce a body as proof. Secondly, you will also have to have a way to stay hidden and alive. It would be very suspicious if you emptied your bank account before dying, and if you died, you technically shouldn't be accessing your bank accounts or anything related to your life. How would you stay alive then? you would most definitely need to hide or move to a place where no one knows you. And how would you do that? Lastly, which is pretty hard, you have to cut contact with anything and anyone from your previous life. And that also includes not letting people know what you're up to. Can you really trust your best friend or your sibling to not rat you out? What if they're terrible at acting? and somehow arouse a ton of suspicion. No matter how much you miss someone, would you be able to never contact them again and let them believe that you were dead? If you're an attention seeker or a social media addict, this may not work too well for you. In conclusion, many experts and the author herself agree that faking your own death is not really worth your time, energy, or your money. Another interesting part about this pseudocide is that, technically, it's not illegal. Unless, of course, you're trying to scam insurance companies or you're running from debt or the police. If you hate your life, hate the people around you, or you're just trying to get away from an abusive spouse or some other personal reason that isn't illegal, you technically can go ahead and do it without repercussions. While pretending to be dead or disappearing may seem harmless in general, please remember that most likely, someone somewhere will be grieving. If you're disappearing or faking your death for no good reason, it can be a bit of a dick move. 
Imagine your parents, your family, or your close friends being sad because they genuinely believe you died. Sometimes we lose touch with friends and family, or we didn't end a conversation on a good note with somebody. Imagine how guilty these people would feel if they woke up the next day and believed that you were gone. Not that they did anything wrong, but it's just human nature. Or at least, that's what I believe. It would be hard to not feel some sort of guilt. Author Elizabeth Greenwood also discussed how drowning is a terrible way to fake your own death. While many people would believe that drowning is a great way to fake your death, it may eventually backfire. Bodies that drowned are expected to resurface at some point, and in many cases, no body found doesn't necessarily mean death. Some insurance companies will make you wait years before the person can be claimed as legally dead. And if you're in dire need for money, this would not work too well for you. So you may now be wondering, Jessica, does this topic have anything to do with Asia? I'm glad you asked. While faking your own death isn't Asia exclusive, what you may not know about modern suicide is that the Philippines has become something of a suicide destination of sorts. Author Elizabeth Greenwood actually went to the Philippines initially with intentions of faking her death, and after learning more about it, she decided to go deeper into it, and instead of dying, she wrote a book. That's some major inspirational shit. Hopefully she made good profit and was able to pay back some of her student loans. Apparently, buying a dead body or buying a death certificate isn't that difficult in a third world country or a developing country like the Philippines. There are these so-called black market morgues where they store bodies that are yet to be identified. It's not really unheard of or difficult to understand how they come across unclaimed and unidentified bodies. They could be homeless people, people that lived alone, or people with no known family members. So how would this even work? You could go and purchase a so-called death kit, which may include anything from a death certificate to a full package, including a dead body you can pass off as your own, but not necessarily in that specific state. It's pretty obvious that the body may look nothing like you and have nothing in common with you, whether it be body size, height, or features. What you could do is get that body cremated ASAP, declare yourself legally dead. What you could do is get that body cremated ASAP, declare yourself legally dead with a death certificate, and pretend you're now in fact a pile of ashes. It's sort of a win-win situation for the two sides. The morgue gets rid of extra bodies taking up space and they get paid for it while you get to press the reset button on your life, in a sense. Now on to the most important question. How much does it cost? It depends on what you want to get. Prices can range from a couple hundred USD to a substantial amount, maybe around 20,000 or more. But the most common one I found was around a thousand US dollars, this includes a fake report filled with people that witnessed your accident or death, the hospital and doctors declaring you dead, the morgue confirming and cremating your remains, and of course, your official death certificate. 
So if you get it for cheaper, it might just be a death certificate. But if you go for the deluxe package, you could even get a new identity and a second life set up and ready for you after you die. Let's take a look at a couple examples of people faking their own deaths, starting with author Elizabeth Greenwood herself. She had been entertaining the idea of faking her own death, but it later became more of a curiosity. She took a trip to the Philippines in the year 2013 and met two local men who helped her obtain a death certificate via a mole working inside a government agency. The death certificate said that she had died in a car crash, and the certificate even came with a detailed police report of an accident that never happened, full of witnesses that never existed. All she had left to do was to have somebody report her death to the U.S. Embassy in Manila to make it official, but she never did that. It must be extremely surreal to see your own death certificate and knowing you're only one step away from disappearing from this world. As for our second example, a Japanese man, Mori Takashi, faked his own death when his family was struggling financially. Him, his wife, and his 20-year-old son were all living in the Philippines at the time. He had allegedly drowned, and there was even a body to show that he was dead. Apparently, his son went to the morgue and identified his father's body. The body was quickly cremated, and then the family requested for the insurance payout. After he faked his death, and after his family received a huge sum of money from the insurance company, mother and son returned to Japan. The Japanese embassy in Manila seemed pretty suspicious of the whole situation, especially since the body was cremated so quickly. They eventually found Mori Takashi hiding in a relative's home in Manila. According to the police, Mori had paid off two officials in order to get a death certificate, and then tried to pass off a random dead body as his own. In other words, his wife and his son were both in on it. Needless to say, no one got away with it. I would also like to mention a very well-known case of someone faking their own death, but not really Asia-related. This is a British guy named John Darwin. He fake drowned so his wife could collect on his life insurance policy. I suppose he was careful at first, tried hard not to get noticed, but eventually he started getting too confident and started to slip up. In the end, he tried turning himself into the police, claiming a case of amnesia. But it was discovered that he had actually been traveling to different countries with his wife, using a fake name, looking to buy property. There was a photo of him in Panama with his wife and a real estate agent smiling like there's no tomorrow. Can't really use the amnesia excuse anymore when the photo like that exists. He turned himself in because he was probably on the verge of getting caught, and this way he could try to control the narrative. Well, that obviously backfired, and he was charged, served six plus years, and was released in 2011. What I find kind of funny is that he now lives with his second wife in the Philippines. I doubt he will be staging another death anytime soon, though. Have you ever thought about disappearing forever and living a new life? What would make you want to do that? Do you think you would be able to pull it off? According to professionals, 
The most difficult part isn't the logistics and the planning. It's actually trying to stay away from your old life and not have anyone find you. Let's face it, people are emotional and sentimental. It's what makes us human. We tend to hold on to things that are dear to us. Maybe if we had to pick a new name, we would pick a name that meant something to us. Or you might use your original birthday or a special someone's birthday because it means something to you. You try to hold on to something from the past. People have been tracked down for using names or other personal information that turned out to be a bit too close to their original life. I really don't think many people are ready to commit 100% to something like this, unless, maybe, if it was a matter of life and death. So there you have it, a bonus episode on playing dead. I know this wasn't very Asian, but I mean, at least you know where to go if you really are looking to fake your own death, right? There are plenty of other countries you can go to, of course. For example, Haiti. So I guess it all depends on where you're located and what you're looking for. Of course, I am not encouraging you guys to do this because, no, you will make people who love you sad and it is also pretty irresponsible. But then again, I know every situation is different, so you must do what you feel is best for you or try to find another way to solve your problems. Whatever keeps you safe and alive, I guess. If you do go to the Philippines in the future, I do hope it's for tourism, a beach holiday, or for Jollibee, and not to fake your own death. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will be back with more Asian Madness soon. Till next time.